and welcome to the third episode of the What the Family Studies podcast by Afshia. I'm your co-host, Catherine Murphy, and today I'd like to welcome Teresa Aqui. Teresa is a family studies teacher with the Toronto District School Board and the Toronto representative for Afshia. We're talking to Teresa about one of her many passions, equity. She was a writer on the Indigenous Education Advisory that was released this past spring, and she's currently the lead on the two new Afshia advisories on anti-Black racism and 2SLGBTQIA+. Before we begin speaking with Teresa, let's go over our learning goals for today's episode. Get to know Teresa and more about her equity work within the classroom and as part of Afshia. Be introduced to some of the new resources Afshia is creating to support family studies teachers in their equity work. Learn about the importance of equity and why it's necessary to embed it in all our classrooms. Teresa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm really glad to be here. So, Teresa, our first question, as I said, you're passionate about creating an equitable classroom. Can you tell us about your own background and how you started out on this journey? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. So I had some really diverse educational experiences. So I went to six different schools between kindergarten and grade 12. Everything from a private boarding school in Toronto to a international secondary school in Grenada that only had eight students in it. I think one of the educational experiences where I first developed some understanding of equity was one of the schools that I attended in Grenada, which was a public Catholic all-girls school. And as a student coming in from Canada and attending that school, I really saw some of the differences in educational experiences of the students I was in class with. And I don't think at that time that I would have formulated it in terms of equity, but it was my first glimpse into this idea that not everybody's educational experience was the same as mine had been. And also the idea that globally education experiences are really different. So fast forward many, many years later, I did my teacher's college program at York University, and I had some fantastic instructors, including Dr. Vidya Shah, who was one of the instructors who really emphasized the importance of equity and made me more aware of those inequities within our system and of some of the things that we can do to start to challenge those. That's great. I think it's interesting that you started at such a young age on this journey and, you know, getting that experience and getting your eyes sort of opened to the world around you. Do you think that had something to do with it? You know, you didn't maybe understand it at the time as a youngster, but you kind of did. Did that sort of help you, do you think? I think that being exposed to, again, those different experiences of the education system and different types of education systems at a younger age definitely made me more aware of the fact that there isn't one way for education to happen and there isn't one single experience of education. So yeah, I definitely think that that had an impact on my understanding of equity within education. And also, I think that kind of fueled my desire to help make education a positive experience for as many students as I can. That's great. You are currently working on two of Afshia's advisory panels. Can you tell us about some of the work these panels are doing and how can it help teachers in the classroom? So we're just getting started with the two new advisory panels. But the goal of these panels is to provide teachers with resources and connections that they can make in order to apply equity in their classroom. So the family studies curriculums that we have in Ontario haven't been revised in many years. And although they provide a really good foundation in terms of 
a range of topics to cover in the classroom, they don't explicitly make a lot of the equity connections that we really want to see in our classes. So the advisory documents are helping to make those connections for educators. So for example, the First Nations, Métis, and Inuit Perspectives document that I helped write last year provides really specific examples of how educators can meet curriculum expectations in family studies courses by incorporating First Nations, Métis, and Inuit either content, ideas, perspectives in their teaching. That document that you were just discussing, I remember seeing it at the end of the school year last year and thinking there were some really great things to include in our curriculum. I thought it especially useful for the food and culture course too within family studies. How do we access these documents as teachers? How can we get our hands on them? So both of the advisory documents that we completed last year, so we did the First Nations, Métis, and Inuit perspectives document, as well as a document on addressing diet culture in our courses. Those are both available on the Offshia website. Okay, great. And when will the next documents be ready? Do you have a timeline for that? We don't have an exact timeline, but we are hoping that they will be released in the spring of 2023. So you're helping teachers to provide equity uh, in their classroom. Why is it important, do you think, for us to, as teachers to teach equity? I mean, there's so many reasons why it's important for us to be teaching equity. And I think that teaching with an equity lens is really essential in order to help our students be engaged in what they're learning. And it also helps those students be successful in their learning. So when students see themselves represented in content, they become a lot more excited about it and it becomes a lot more meaningful for them. So for example, last year I taught HIF, which is the Exploring Family Studies courses. And I really made an effort to include 2S LGBTQIA plus examples when we were talking about healthy relationships in that unit. And, you know, students really connected with that in those lessons, which meant that those students felt safe expressing themselves, being themselves in that classroom. And of course, that safety, that comfort really supported their learning throughout the course. Another example is in all of the foods classes I teach, and of course, specifically in food and culture, I try and make sure that I'm choosing recipes that reflect the cultural diversity in my classes. And students, you know, if we're making a recipe from their culture, they feel so valued, they feel so seen, and they really get enthusiastic about the process. And then they get excited about sharing their food and culture with other students in the class. So we get this great exchange of ideas and this great development of community by including these diverse perspectives. Also, for students who, who have more privilege, who maybe don't experience some of the negative consequences of inequities as often in our society, I also think that it's important for them to recognize that they do have some privilege and that with that privilege and power, you know, they also have the capacity to make changes, to improve things for everyone that we share our communities with. I think that's great. But on the flip side, there are those people who are going to argue it's not necessary to teach equity in schools. How do you respond to those people? It's a challenging thing to respond to because I think that in order for us to really address equity, people need to be willing to recognize that there are inequities in our society. And often when we are in a position of power or privilege, it's harder for us to see those inequities. 
However, I think that our families, our workplaces, our communities, and our societies are so much stronger when we provide opportunities and inclusion for everyone. So there's an economic impact to having diverse perspectives in workplaces, for example, because you get a wider diversity of ideas and experiences represented. Our arts and culture are enriched when we have people from different cultures with different ideas contributing to them. And those are just a couple of examples of how diversity is really good for our society, good for our communities. We have so much to learn just from all of those people. And there's so much potential, including economic potential, in a diverse society like the one that we have in Ontario. But in order to fully tap into that potential, we also have to recognize that things haven't always been equitable, that our systems and our government have made mistakes in the past, and that we need to be actively doing some things in order to address those inequities so that we can really tap into that rich diversity that makes the places that we live so special. I think you make a pretty strong argument for it there. As our teachers, schools, and boards continue with creating a more equitable world, what are some of the directions that you'd like to see educators go in? So this is actually something that I've really been thinking about as I'm, you know, going into starting the new year in terms of my own practice. Often when we think about equity, we focus on content. And of course, content is really important. That's how we get to see students represented in the classroom, how we get that engagement, how we make it reflective of the students in our classes and the people in our wider society. But I've also started to think about how pedagogy, so not just what we teach, but how we teach it is playing a really big part in equity. One of the things that I've noticed at the school that I'm working at right now, and also maybe more generally in our education system, is that it often breeds kind of a competitiveness. And whether that's a competitiveness for marks for spots at university, or for certain types of what we might call success in life. That competitiveness is kind of inherent in our education system right now. But I'd like us to move towards an education system where we're not seeing, in quotes, like winners and losers, but where we're really just focusing on individual growth and the intrinsic value of learning rather than on marks or university placements, etc. So it's about Again, trying to focus on learning, on individual growth, how we can support each individual student and tapping into their talents, their gifts, their abilities, so that they can be the best version of themselves and so that they can contribute to their families, to their communities and to society in the best ways that they're able to. That's fantastic. I think we're on the right path for that. And uh, teachers like you leading us in that direction. We need more like you. So thank you very much for everything that you do. It is time now for our rapid fire questions. So we've got five questions. Going to ask you them quickly and you're going to just give us the answers off the top of your head. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Question one, what time of the day are you most productive? In the morning. Me too. All right, question two, what's your favorite drink? Tea. What type? Ooh, uh, it depends on the day. Sometimes black tea with milk, but sometimes just like a, a nice green tea does the trick too. Question three, in which subject were you worst at in school? Phys ed. Okay. All right. Uh, question four, what scares you? Oh, off the top of my head. That's a really tricky one. What scares me? I don't like centipedes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good answer. Uh, Question five. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be? Ooh, that's another tough one. My first instinct is to say Scotland. Okay. Why? Why Scotland? It's beautiful. Yeah. You've been there? 
Yeah, I've been. And it's like, it's lush and green and the people are great uh, and the accents are fun. It's a beautiful place. Right. I'm sold. Excellent. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you bringing your message and helping us to spread that message. It's really important in the classroom. And uh, just thanks for coming out and having this conversation with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today, Teresa Aqui. Teresa is a family studies teacher with the Toronto District School Board and the Toronto representative for Afshia. Currently, Teresa is the lead on the two new Afshia advisories addressing anti-Black racism and 2SLGBTQIA+. Be sure to watch for those in the spring of 2023. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of What the Family Studies. Tune in next time as we interview Heather Bamford, a family studies teacher in the Peel District School Board. Heather will be talking to us about assessment and evaluation in the Family Studies classroom. Remember to subscribe to be notified when we release new episodes. Thanks for listening. What the Family Studies is brought to you by the Ontario Family Studies and Home Economics Educators Association. Special thanks to our producer, Michelin Gallant, tech support and podcast editor, Cassandra McEachern, and our co-hosts, Catherine Murphy and Laura Hattier. <laughs>